and welcome all the way from Adelaide, Australia, Pastor Vicky Simpson. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Oh, awesome. You haven't even heard me yet. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. I love getting the standing ovations at the beginning because you don't get one at the end for the most part. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Pastors Mike and Joy for having me in your church. Such an honor and always consider it such an honor to be invited somewhere. And this is my first time ministering in your church, but I actually visited here, I reckon about 12 years ago. You had Ruckins McKinley here years ago. And I came and uh, as a delegate and um, in actual fact, we stayed at that time, m- myself and the, the friend I was with, with, with a couple, and I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember the name, and I was told that I was staying with a lady here when I, when, um, when I was coming, and as soon as she opened the door, and it was Beryl Harris, I said, you're the one I stayed with 12 years ago. And uh, I didn't have, I thought that, that was amazing. Anyway, I had an awesome time at the women's conference, but today is a new day, and as Pastor David said, he, uh, God's mercies are new every morning, and so I'm looking forward to the new thing that God's going to do today, and really lovely to have some testosterone in the house today. Hey, we got the mix. That's great. So shall we pray right now? Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for an open heaven in this place. I thank you, Lord, that your word is alive. Lord God, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, today we don't need to hear the voice of a woman. We need to hear from heaven. So Lord, we just open up our ears to hear what you would say to the church today, what you would say to us personally, Lord God, both corporately and individually. Lord, I believe for prophetic anointing, Lord, to touch people right where they're at today. And so, Lord, let your kingdom come, that your will be done here at Bay City Outreach Centre today as it is in heaven. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, please, to Genesis 22. I'm going to start here and see where we go. Genesis 22. This is the, in my Bible, it's entitled, Abraham's Faith Confirmed. Okay, reading from verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now just to give you a little bit of background to this story, for those of you who aren't familiar with Abraham and Sarah, they were the old age pensioners whom at the ages of 90 and 100 had their first child. How'd you like to be 90 when you pushed out your first girls? Everybody say it. No, thank you. 90 and 100. Now this child was a miracle. I mean, they had been believing God for 25 years. They'd be given a promise, and so Isaac, the son, whom they, who Abraham is being instructed to go and offer as a sacrifice, is that miracle son. This is their, 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 their miracle, the child of their old age. And so let's jump down to verse 9. It says, Then they came to the place at which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son... And laid him on the altar upon the wood. And then Abraham stretched out his hand. Everyone to say stretch. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So imagine yourself in this same situation. Imagine if God asked you to go and sacrifice your child. I mean, don't tell me that Abraham tiptoed through the tulips to Mount Moriah. Don't tell me that it was row, row, row his boat merrily down the stream. I mean... Hello, this was a big ask. I mean, this would have been a stretch in more ways than one. It wasn't just his arm that was being stretched at that moment. I mean, firstly, it would have been his heart. I mean, I mean, okay. Okay, Lord, this is the, the, the miracle that you gave me. What's more, you have told me that I was going to be blessed, that my descendants would be more numerous than the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. 
and, and it's going to be through, through Isaac. I mean, God, this is my future I'm about to sacrifice. I mean, this would have been a stretch in his emotions. I mean, it would have been a stretch in his thinking. Does that go on all the time, the music? Is that a... I'm sorry, I'm just... I was chewing shirts. Okay. Don't mind me if I do. I just got to get used to that, okay? It would have been a stretch in the area of his thinking. I mean, God. Human sacrifice, do you do that? I mean, like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I mean, God, you give and now you want me to give him up? I mean... It would have been a stretch. And, and what's more, bear in mind that this is God's idea, yes? This, this is not his own great idea. He's not in a rebellion. He's not being punished for his sin. I mean, he's in the will of God. Who knows that sometimes in the will of God, you're led into a stretch. So what does a stretch feel like? What does a stretch feel like? Let me demonstrate. Now... Normally, I'd have slip-off shoes here. Let's see if I can do this in stilettos. I might get one of the guys just to come and, and secure this. Is that possible? Just, fella, just come. There you go. Just, just, can you just crouch down and just hold that? Okay. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. This, my friends, is called a stretch. Now, what does a stretch feel like? It hurts. Too right, it hurts. A stretch, by definition, involves a measure of pain. Right now, I'm feeling it right down the front of the leg here. The hamstring's taking a bit of a battering. And so, a stretch. I mean, stand up if you, if you have to. A never-to-be-repeated performance. Make sure you get a good view of this, okay? A stretch involves pain. But... Yes, as you stand in awe and wonder and amazement, I want you to notice something. Though the stretch hurts, it's not fatal. It's not fatal. No one has ever died from a stretch yet. Yet I might if I stay up here much longer. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Give him a hand. Thanks for that. <laughs> and yet why is it so many Christians... Try to live life avoiding the stretch. Oh, Lord, ask anything of me but that. Send me anywhere but there. Oh, they go to church and then they get uncomfortable. God brings them into a stretch. Oh, not happy. Go to next church because they want to escape the stretch. But God today, I believe, wants to show us something about the power of a stretch. The dic dictionary says a stretch means to extend or force beyond their natural or proper limits. To extend or force beyond the natural or proper limits. Who knows what just took place then was neither natural nor proper. I mean, stretch. How many of you women have had, have had children? You've, you've given birth? Hello? The stretch hurts. But there's another stretch of the mind, the will, and the emotions. Abraham, at this point, had to extend himself beyond his natural and proper limits. Well, I don't want to leave Abraham in the stretch. Let's read from verse 11. It says, But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you've not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram, and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said, to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. So what, what happened? What happened was this. Abraham stretched and God moved. Abraham stretched and God provided. Abraham stretched and God worked a miracle. And God wants you to know today, church, that there's a miracle in the stretch. There's a miracle in the stretch. There was Abraham, arm stretched, about to slay his son, when just in the nick of time, bah, this ram arrives from nowhere. I mean, it wasn't like 
Abraham had sent out a message like, Ram needed Kenya help. It wasn't like he got on the internet or the mobile phone. I'm on Mount Moriah. Hello, in need. No one knew that he was there at that point in that time except God. And as he was there, like a heat-sensing missile, that ram was on an assignment from God and it ascended Mount Moriah and arrived just at that point of the stretch. Your miracle will meet you at the point of the stretch. It will meet you at that place where you step out and you have obeyed God and as you have positioned yourself, your miracle, your provision, what that thing that you need, it will come. It will come when you're in the stretch. I've done a bit of research. You see, that miracle was, was miraculous in more ways than one. I mean, the fact that the ram came when he came, I mean, great timing, ram. I mean, that was impeccable. But secondly, I've done a bit of research and rams don't actually ascend the altitudes of Mount Moriah. We're not talking about a mountain goat. It doesn't actually live up there. And so Abraham knew a miracle when he saw it. The fact that the, a ram was there at all. And you know, when you step out in obedience to God and you position yourself and you go to that place and even though it is uncomfortable and even though it mightn't make sense and it stretches your heart, your mind, your emotions, you are positioning yourself for your miracle. I have never known myself a miracle without a stretch. I did a meeting in Melbourne not that long ago. And they'd advertised it as a night of fire. Night of fire. Now, what, I don't know what, what that means to you, but I mean, I know this church had Holy Ghost on their mind, like they signs, wonder, you know, power of God. Well, I came in and, I mean, you know, I had, I had faith for a night of fire. You know, I, I was expecting and, and, and looking forward to what God was going to do. And I actually started the night with an altar call for people who were in pain. Now, at that particular time, I was, I, I was on a roll in the area of healing. I just seemed to have seasons of it where it, you know, and, you know, I wish it happened all the time. I'm just being honest, but I just seem to have seasons where it just, poo, it just flows and others where it's a bit harder. But anyway, I was on a roll. My faith was high. And I, I called out people who were in pain. About 30 people came out the front. And so I started to pray and I... I I prayed for the first person and I said, so how do you feel? How, tell, test yourself. How, how are you going? You know? And no, nah, I don't feel any different. I went, okay, just stay there. Let God continue to touch you. Went to the next one, prayed. And I expect the pain to go. And, 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 and normally I would see the pain go. But second person, oh, prayed. How are you feeling? Oh, I feel a bit worse, actually. Oh, I'm feeling, okay, pray for the next one. Now, I... I have to be this honest. Night of fire, it was not. Like, it was starting to get cold in that place. And I could see people starting to look around at each other. I'm like, who invited her, you know? And it was, it was, the pressure was on. Now, I have to be honest. At that point, what I really wanted to do was get the worship team up and say, everybody, hallelujah, let's sing and just pray. Go back to your seats, no questions asked. But I felt, I felt the Lord saying to me, stretch, stretch. Now, stretching is putting yourself in that place where it's uncomfortable. And so the next one, the next one, I actually got her up on the platform. Everything in me just wanted to like, you know, let's just cover this up for a minute. But no, I actually took her up on the platform. And I, I, I said to this lady, so what's your, what, what, what's your problem? She said, I've got a frozen shoulder. She actually was a, a, a Sri Lankan lady. She goes, I've got a frozen shoulder. I said, okay, okay. Show everybody your good one. Arm up. Let's show the, the bad one. Came to about here. Okay, let's pray. I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding. It was like the church was full of dirty Harrys that day. It's like their arms were folded looking at me, make my day. You know, I mean, I'm on my own up there. I'm telling you. But by now, I've really cooked my goose. And they're like, you know, checking the time and thinking, yeah, when's this, you know, going to be over and done with? And so, but I'm stretching. I'm just pushing myself out there. I mean, at that point, nothing had happened. Absolutely nothing had happened in the natural. And so I prayed. I said, okay, good one up. I said, okay, now, bad one. Oh, God. 
But this was the awesome thing. That little Sri Lankan lady was a doctor. She knew if she was healed or not. The church knew she was a doctor. I said, how are you going? She's tested it out. She's she goes, she says, yeah, it's healed. I thought, hallelujah, quick, no, next one. Grabbed her up. I said, okay, okay, uh, what's your problem? And she was a Dutch lady. She goes, my, my feet hurt like hell. Sorry, her words, not mine, okay? My feet hurt. I said, okay, on a scale of one to ten. Like, you know, 10 being the highest possible place. 10, she said. Unbearable. So I said, okay, church. Now, by this stage, the church is waking up. Oh, gee, maybe, maybe something is going to happen in this church tonight. So I prayed for that lady. And I said, okay, let's test out your feet. It's like the spirit of Benny Hinn come upon me. It's like, come on, let's run. Let, let's, let's test out. Test out. The... And I said, how are your feet? She said, pain gone. I said, all gone? All gone. Thank you very much. Off she walked. I mean, the next one, I got this person up and they'd lost their voice. I mean, I shoved the microphone under her mouth. I said, come on, start to sing. So, I mean, she sounded like a frog to start off with. But as she continued, the strength started coming back and the healing flowed in her voice. I mean, night of fire, you better believe we had a night of fire. I mean, it was like the windows of heaven opened. I mean, to this day, it's been one of the best meetings I've ever ministered in. I mean, at the end of the, of the meeting, all the children from, from like Children's Church and Crash, they all started flooding down the front. I mean, I had kids everywhere. I thought, man, there's a lot of sick kids in this church. They said, no, 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 they don't want you to pray for them. They want to pray with you. I mean, it was tangible. It was amazing. But it didn't start out that way. Some of you were missing the greatest possible manifestation of God in your life and others because you're avoiding the stretch. Oh, gee, Lord, don't ask that of me. Don't ask that of me. I mean, I have a philosophy. Just feel the fear and do it anyway. Do it afraid. I mean, when I get up, I mean, every, I mean when I get up even as a public ministry, I mean, I always get up with a measure of nerves. I never feel anointed. Never. Never start out feeling anointed. It's usually by the end of the meeting I do, and I go home and I can't get to sleep because I'm... Yeah, you know, was a, uh, you know I'm, 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 I'm pumping with, 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 with the power of God. But, but normally, I mean, and when I'm out there, just in the community, let me tell you something. What you're seeing me standing in today is my five-fold ministry gift office for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. When I'm out there in the community, I'm just the same as anybody else. Sheep of God operating the gifts of the Spirit by faith. I mean, your pastors and leaders don't have any head start on you on making a difference where you are. In actual fact, you're the only one who can make a difference where you are, wherever you are today, whether you're at school, whether at university, whether you're in business, whether you're at work, whether you're a mum and you're mixing it there in the community with other mums. I mean, today, I believe God wants to encourage you to step out, to step out, to go and, and, and he might just put, something on your heart. Think, oh, gee, no, I couldn't do that. <gasps> That's scary. I remember the very first time I was a young Christian and I was actually at the beauty therapist having the legs waxed. For an Italian girl, that's, you know, that, that's, anyway, we won't go there. So, and this, this beauty therapist was pregnant at the time, suffering from morning sickness, and the thought came to me, pray for her. Pray for her. I had never, ever had that thought before. I mean, I'm like, I'm in a shop. I'm in a shop. And what's more, we're in, in cubicles, you know. I mean, it's not like we're in room. Other people will be able to hear me if I pray for her. And what if she says no? What if she says no? You know, I mean, fear of rejection is probably still my primary fear. And I would say there would be people here today and you know what that feels like. Well, what if they say no? What if they think you're stupid? What if it gets all uncomfortable? And, and you know something, that day I resisted the Lord. I, 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 she said, no, I can't do this. And you know what? I've learned this. The pain of regret is a lot worse than the pain of obedience. And the regret that I felt, I mean, for weeks and weeks and weeks, that I could, I, I could have been her connection to God, that... that I was led there by God. You see, I believe God has the remote control of heaven on us. You know those remote control operated toy cars and, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I've got a neighbour, 40 going on four. He's got one. Goes up and down the street now. And 
Well, I believe that God has remote control of heaven on you and me. And when we wake up in the morning, I mean, the steps of a good man and a good woman are ordered by the Lord. And you might think you're just going about your business. You might think you've chosen to go there. But in actual fact, God is... He's directing you to where he wants you to be. And it's no coincidence you happen to be in that place at that time because you've got what that person needs. You've been through what they're going through right now. You're on a mission from God. Your life is a missionary endeavor. You need to get up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror and say, you are a sufficient minister of the new covenant. No, I don't feel like it. Your feelings are irrelevant, sweetheart. Totally and utterly irrelevant. Because the Word of God tells you in 2 Corinthians 3 that you are not sufficient of yourself to think of anything as being from yourself. But you have a sufficiency that comes from God who has made you sufficient as a minister of the new covenant. Don't feel sufficient. Now, this is the point. You see, the stretch of faith acts like that word is true. The stretch of faith acts like that word is true. Well, I'm a sufficient minister. Second Corinthians chapter 4 says that I have a treasure in an earthen vessel. Earthen. Each and every one of us here today, imperfect. Earthen. You notice how many of the girls refer to the fact that I'm down to earth. That's my earthenness. End of the day, we're all just a bunch of mugs. I mean, Joyce Meyer calls us crackpots. Crackpots. But you know what? You might think today you need to qualify to be used by God to make a difference. There are business people here today, and God wants to move through you in your business, not just to make money for the kingdom. That's just a part of the picture. He wants to use you to speak and to prophesy and to minister and to bring people in the business world to a knowledge of him. You say, oh, but, but I, I can make money. But, I mean, that, that, you know, healing, prophesying, that kind of stuff. Listen, you have, you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You have the life force of heaven. And, you know, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And, and it is activated not by your feelings, not by, oh, I feel confident. Oh, I feel anointed. No, no, it's activated by doing it. By just having a go. Because you never, never know if you never, ever go. Well, what if nothing happens, Vicky? What if it does? What if they don't listen? What if they do? Yea, verily, thus saith the Lord. Have a go, you mug. Have a go. That's where the power is. That's where the miracle is. Because it's a stretch. It's a stretch. When if, if I had have obeyed God, at the beauty therapy shop that day, if I had, that would have been, it would have been a stretch pushing through the fear and the self-consciousness and it would have been a stretch. But I've discovered since that when that th- thought comes, when that prompting comes, when that opportunity comes, mate, I mean, I don't care. I can be absolutely shaking with fear. I mean, I could end up with egg on my face, put the whole omelette there. It does not matter because I, I am just going to have a go. I'm going to have a go, not because of me, but because of them. I mean, I, I have seen amazing things happen outside of the four walls of the church. Look, I love it up here. Please don't get me wrong. I love equipping the saints, encouraging the people of God. It's such a privilege and an honour to be invited on anyone's platform. But you know what really flicks my switch? Is when I have opportunity out there, when I'm at the hairdresser, you know, and the hairdressers just starts to talk to me about their day. And then I just have this moment. I was there actually last year, or it might have been the year before, walked into the hairdressers, this new guy there. He went, started washing my hair. He said, uh, uh, turned out he was Polish, very multicultural in Australia. He said, um, so, uh, he says, so you have a good day? I said, yeah, not a bad day. He says, tell me, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm, um, I'm a minister. He goes, what do you mean minister? I said, you Catholic? He goes, yes. I said, you know, like a priest. He goes, you a priest? I said, oh, yeah, I am. I, I, I am kind of like a priest. And he says, what do you do? I said, well, I travel and I said, I speak to churches and, and I, you know, encourage them. I said, you know, I motivate them. I'm like a motivational speaker. He said this. I'm at the sink, yeah? He says this, motivate me. 
I'm like, Lord Jesus. Now I know I just have a I just have a window. You know what I mean? You're not there at the basin forever. And what's more, the woman with the scissors is waiting patiently for you to, you know. So I'm like, okay, God, quick, help, help. I've discovered this. God doesn't fill your mouth till you open it. And I swear to God, he bypassed my brain this day because something came out of my mouth I never would have thought of. And it was just this, tell me about yourself. If you want to motivate someone, ask him to talk about themselves. Well, I'm not joking. I mean, in a minute flat, he tells me, well, I left Poland because I fell out with my father and he said, I've got a, drink, a drinking problem and I'm lost. Now, I could have right at that point think, okay, I'm in a hairdressing salon. There are a whole lot of people here. Um, and I could just say, oh, they're there. I really feel for you. But I have an opportunity. I'm on a mission from God. God has just beamed me right in to that place at that time for a reason. It's not about me. It's about him. And yes, I'm feeling self-conscious. And yes, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how this is going to go over. But I'm thinking, God, I just start talking. And I'm not even telling you it's particularly articulate. But in the midst of it, I managed to get out the fact that, yes, I was lost once and that, and that Jesus was the one who found me and that today that he could open his heart up as well. Now, I don't usually go for the chase that quick. You know what I mean? Like, I don't normally go in for the kill. But, like, I just had a short window because he's taking me to, to my chair. And he's, he's telling me, he says, what do you mean open my heart? I said, tell God you need him. Pray. Talk to him. Tell him you need him. Jesus, remember to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Ask, asked him where he lived. I had a friend who had a church near there. Told him, go and visit that church. I mean, look, you just got to seize your moment. You just got to No, he didn't break down, repent, cry, weep at my... But I tell you what, I had a captive audience. The rest of the salon were looking at me by then. I was a bit worried about with the chick with the scissors, though. I'm thinking, she doesn't like this, I'm in trouble. You know, amazing thing is this church, don't feel like you have got to carry individually the weight of everyone's salvation on your shoulders. When you meet someone, you just have to do your share. Remember the Apostle Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, God brings the increase. You, you just got to do what, what you do and you've got you to do it your way. You've got to be like Frank Sinatra. Do it your way. Did it my way. You, hey. Now, I'm a talker. I've always had the gift of the gab, came out of the womb talking. Talked a long time before I ever got off my backside and walked. And so, and I'm an encourager. My number one gift is encouragement and, and with the prophetic alongside. So for me, for me, when I have an opportunity, oh God brings me into a situation and I step out in faith, that's the way I do it, okay? I encourage, I talk, I connect, and then I ask if I can pray. If I can whack a hand on them and start to pray and get into the prophetic, I'm telling you something. Things start to happen. But what gift is it that you have? What's your own personal strength? My mother is a mercy, is a mercy woman. I mean, she is amazing. Her heart's capacity for compassion. Weep with those who weep. Come to me with your problems. I'll slap you on the back, tell you she'll be right. Mum will take time. She will listen. I mean, this is a lady who goes through the newspaper to see, to read the... the obituaries and sends cards to people. I mean, she shares in people's suffering. She is amazing. She's a counsellor, wise woman, wisdom. But what is it that you've got? Maybe you've got hospitality. Maybe you're a giver. I mean, you've got to seize that moment. It'll be a stretch no matter what your gifting is. But once you're there, I tell you what, God sends the ram. You know, Moses parted the Red Sea with a stretch. Moses parted the Red Sea. He's there crying out to God. And God says, stop crying out to me. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand. And God will part your Red Sea. I mean, the impossible will happen. When you obey him, can you imagine Moses there? Lift up the rod, stretch out the hand. Yeah, like, like great, 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 good that's going to do. Like, I mean, the, the, the chariots of Egypt right there are bearing down on them. I mean, the, the promised land's on the other side and, and they've got this dirty, big, uncrossable sea. It's like, I mean, I would have thought of God doing a, of directing me to do a whole lot of other things, you know, build a boat, you know, jump, I'm going to lift you up over. I mean, I'm sending the angels, carry you across. But lift up the rod, lift, lift up and stretch out your hand, like that part's seas. 
You know, sometimes the most simplest, even unconnected, unrelated act of faith can open up the most incredible opportunities for you. God's directing you to be obedient in in one thing. And you think, you think, this isn't going to help. This isn't going to help. God giving this offering isn't going to help us get out of debt. It's just a small offering. God said to me one time, it's not just the amount of the offering, it's the time. The timing. Sometimes a, 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 a small offering at a particular time is a powerful offering. I give to the stretch mark. That's my philosophy in giving. I believe in stretch offerings. What does that mean? I, I, I up the total till I feel it. God said to me, you want to see miracles when you give? Give stretch offerings. I remember a missionary uh, attached to our church came home on holidays and I wrote him a check just to bless him while he was on holidays and thought it was a generous check, thought it was a great check. And the Lord said to me, is this a stretch check? I thought, no, it's a comfortable check. If you really want this check to count, if you really want this seed, hey, to have power, if you really want multiplication to come on it, if you want it to part your Red Sea, hey, if you want it to release your ram, make it a stretch check. Hey, oh, that, that just, just take it, just to that. Sometimes it's just a matter of a few, few more dollars or another zero or something like that. You see, it's in that place of the stretch. It's in that place of the stretch. Isaiah 54 woman. Remember her? Isaiah 54, the barren woman, says, God says to her, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. I love this. Let them let them. There will be thems in your life who will stretch you. Some of you don't have to look very far. Not mentioning any names, you know, people in our world who stretch us, stretch our patience, stretch our gracious. I mean, my beautiful neighbour next door, I remember the day he got a new entertainment system. Now, we live in small brick veneer cottages where I live. I mean, you can stretch out and touch the house next door. And he gets, I mean, it's like, you know, literally the Greater Union Megaplex Cinema Complex happening in his house. I remember the first day he brought it. I mean, I thought World War III had broken out. I mean, I'm thinking, I've got Star Wars going on in my house. It's like missiles are bouncing off the walls. I thought, what? I mean, I, I didn't know what on earth was going on. Traced it down to his house. He said, yeah, come and have a look at my new entertainment system. I said, yeah, I don't need to look. I've heard it. Thank you very much. It was louder in my house than it was in his. And I'll tell you what, just negotiating through that season, I mean, the mafia spirit so wanted to manifest and I mean, like, I, I had mates who were offering to go and sort it out. I'm like, no, that's not necessary. I mean, I'm trying to be patient because you see in my street, they know I'm the priest of the street. I've, I've, I've done wed- a wedding from one of the unsaved ones. I've done hospital visitation. I've, they, they know, you know, that I'm a minister and I'm the priest. So I, I've, I've got to behave myself here. And I'm ready to tell him what for and for heaven's sake, shut that flipping noise, you know, up. And, and I'm like, okay, we're going to have to probably need to, you know, negotiate something here. I'm not kidding. I mean, the, the least of it were the DVDs. I mean, when he did karaoke, when he's doing his Elvis impersonations on an entertainment set, I mean, try living next door to that. Try living next door to someone trying to be Robbie Williams. Try living next door to someone who's, and what's more, when he does, what's it called? Playstations. Oh, my. Anyway, it took Xbox, whatever. It, it took, it took time. He stretched me. He enlarged me. You know what? I'm going to tell you something right now. Your pastors are not in your world to ensure your comfortable existence. If they are good leaders, they will facilitate the stretch. Let them. Let them. And you know something else? They will do it not just by what they do right, but by what they do wrong. Because for some of you, it might be a rude awakening to hear that they're human. They will stuff up. With every good intention of heart, sometimes they'll have a bad day. Pastors and leaders, you know, they can have blind spots. 
Hey, if you happened at one time being the receiving end of the humanity of a leader, don't spit the dummy, throw away the bat and ball, say I'm not playing no more. Let them stretch you. Let them. Because they're actually positioning you for a miracle. They're positioning you for enlargement. They're positioning you to be used on a greater level. I can see that's going over really well. And let me give you one last, one last point. Matthew 12, 13. The man with the withered hand. There was a man with a withered hand in Matthew 12, 13. Perhaps I could have the worship team start to prepare and come forward. There was a man with a withered hand. Do you remember what Jesus said to him? Jesus said to the man with a withered hand, stretch, everybody say stretch. Stretch out your hand. What, my weak withered hand? My weak withered hand? I'll give you the good one. I'm embarrassed of the weak withered one. I don't want people to see the weak withered one. I mean, it's harder to stretch that one. But as he stretched in the area of his weak withered hand, God performed a miracle. And he was healed. And there'll be times when God will stretch you in the area of your weak withered hand. You know, I believe, you know, um, in the area of influence, the power is together. The power is together. When I was at the hairdressers that night, by the way, as I left, I didn't realize it, but God had somebody else planned to come in. One of my best friends was booked not long after me. She came in. Same same guy washing her hair. She said, oh, have you had a good day? Very interesting day. Met priest. Tell me about Jesus. Who knows? He got both barrels that night. <laughs> see, I didn't know that. You see, God has got it all worked out. It's not just up to you. You've got you know, you to party with a purpose, church. Party with a purpose. Do what you're doing and add one. Don't separate. Can I speak to the young people here, to, here today? Don't separate. I've got church people, my church friends, and I've got my unchurch friends. Don't, don't do life like that. Well, I go to church, I've got youth group, and I've got friends who are Christian. And then I've got my... Un- no, no, mix it up. Mix it up. Don't assume they're going to be uncomfortable. My 40th birthday, I invited all my friends. I had something like 70 people there, 50 of whom would have been ministers and other Christian friends. And then I had eight non-Christian friends from my street. Neighbours. They had a ball. They had a ball. You know, one's connecting on different common interests, that neighbour into photography, meeting a friend into photography, that one meeting up for coffee. It's not supposed to be hard, this influence business. It's not supposed to be hard. Let's get out of the paradigm and the box that's all just about witnessing. And there's a word that strikes fear and terror into 90% of the church. You know, it's not just about going and sharing the Roman road or the five spiritual laws or how many there are. I don't even know what they are. Four, I don't know. How many spiritual laws are there? I mean, I don't even know. Just go and be yourself. And ask God to lead you. Don't assume everyone out there doesn't want to hear what you have to say. Before I gave my heart to Jesus, at the age of 19 years old, as a hairy leg hippie, I was on a quest to find the truth. I was a girl who wanted to know the truth. I wanted spiritual answers. I... I tried Eastern religion. I mean, I was, you know, I tried to astral travel, didn't get anywhere, but I tried. I remember going to a Hare Krishna festival once, mainly because they advertised a free 15-course banquet. When I got there, all they did was advertise 15 different things on your plate to an Italian. Italians, we're like the Maori, you know? We like our family, our food, and a fight. And, you know, it's, it, it's true. I fit in with you guys. I'm right at home with you guys. I tell And... Um, I mean, to, the, to an Italian, that's a disgrace. If you're giving you a 15-course banquet, we give you a 15-course banquet. I didn't like their food anyway. But you know something? I, mean, I took myself to church. Christmas Day, 1980, I, I, I saw an advertisement in the paper. I've been brought up a Catholic, and at that time, Catholic Church wasn't doing it for me. I hadn't been in years, and... But I just looked for an advertisement. A turn, I, I, I found myself in Assemblies of God Church. And that day, I tell you what, the pastor, he, 
He stretched that day. He preached a message. He didn't do an altar call. But at the, at the door, going out, as I went out the door that day, Christmas Day, he wishes me a happy Christmas. I burst into tears. And he, there and then, he asked me, have you given your life to Jesus? Now, you've got to understand as a Catholic, you've been christened, first Holy Communion, confirmed. My life had been given to Jesus, you know, about three times. I said, oh, I think so. Smart pastor. Smelled a rat. You think so. You probably don't know so. Probably haven't. So he led me in a prayer there at the doors of that church. I remember driving home that day. I'm not, something changed. I mean, it's amazing. I, I mean, I left with a smile on my face and a song in my heart. I sung all the way home. I just, I just felt lighter. I just knew I found what I'd been looking for. I just want every eye closed right now. Because I don't know you all here today. The biggest stretch I ever had to undertake was to stretch to trust God and to trust Him with my life. Because I couldn't see Him. I didn't really know what it was going to entail. And it was like letting go. Letting go of control of my life. To, to give God control of my life. To receive Jesus into my heart. To acknowledge my need for Him. God, I can't do it without you. It was a stretch. But you know, that stretch positioned me for the greatest miracle that ever took place. I mean, in that one moment, the Bible says, I was born again. Born again, what does that mean? A new start, a new life. Born to God, God's daughter, God's son. It's awesome. God, who seemed so far away, was no longer far away. He was, he was with me. He was in me. Changed spiritual address from darkness to light, from death to life. I mean, it's an amazing miracle that takes place when you step out in faith and, and you stretch towards God I tell you what he stretches right back and he embraces you it's a great thing it's a wonderful thing it's a powerful thing open up your heart and to invite the Lord Jesus into your life now I don't know you all here today and I don't know if you've all made that decision you've all committed your lives to Christ but all I want to do simply today is to pray for you. If that's you today, and you say, you know, Vicky, I've never done that. And I feel today like this could be my moment. I don't think I'm here by accident. I think I'm here for a reason. If that's you today, I want to, I want to pray for you, lead you in a prayer. So you would know today, this day, September 2008, hey, it was a new day, beginning of your spiritual walk with Jesus. Or maybe you have given your life to Jesus before, but I don't know, for whatever reason, you walked away. Hey, you're disappointed, something happened, disillusioned, dropped the ball somehow. And today God's calling you back. God's calling you back. Does anyone like that? I just want you to say, yes, Vicky, pray for me. I want you just to raise your hand high and say, yeah, please count me in. Thank you, sweetheart. Is there anybody else? Thank you, sweetheart, over there. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Thank, thank you, darling. Is there anybody, any, anybody else? Anybody else? Give me a wave. Thank you. Down the back. Anybody else? Anything? I feel there's a couple more. There's a couple more. And, and today could be potentially the turning point for you. Thank you, sir. That's fantastic. This is very exciting. This is an awesome, awesome opportunity. Get right with God. Someone here, you've not made your peace with God. And you feel like you've failed. There's someone here and you feel like you're disqualified because of what you've done. But you've done, but you're not disqualified today. God wants you. You're not disqualified. He accepts you just as you are. No matter what you've done, where you've been. Irrelevant to him. He doesn't face him. Your sin doesn't bother God. Mate, he's been there, seen it all. And he still loves you. Still loves you. Very quickly. Anyone else say, yep. Count me. I feel there's two more. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. You guys who, who put your hand up before. Oh, can you give me a wave? Oh, give me a big wave. I tell you, I want to pray for you, for you guys. I want to pray for you guys. So just in a minute, I'm going to ask worship team to lead us in a song. And I ask, church, would you stand and sing? And those of you who raised your hand, please come. Please come. I want to pray for you. Don't be embarrassed. Bring your girlfriend or your mate. Say, come with me. Come with me. Just going to shake your hand, say hello, and, and, and pray with you. Can, can you do that? Let's stand, church. Let's stand, church. Yeah, come, come. Come. You're my healer, and I believe you are all I need. 
not too late. If you want to come, it's not too late. If you want to be a part of this this morning. Thank you, Lord. the most amazing miracle we're going to pray can we all pray this together you guys who come down the front I'm not putting words into your mouth but it's just so that you know on this day that there was a God connection you stepped into I call it the God zone to where God is and he's going to do he's going to do something powerful in your life can we pray let's pray Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me to give me life. And right now, I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and my Saviour. I'm sorry I've ignored you and lived life my own way. But today, I choose your way. I thank you that you love me and that you have a great plan for my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. It's a great day. We celebrate with you. Now, right behind you, there's somebody who would just like to talk to you for a few minutes. I wonder if um, you want to go to the side. If you could just follow Brett, just and uh, he'll just want to get your details so we can give you a gift and and, uh, stay connected. So just follow Brett. I'm just going to pray very quickly before I hand the microphone back. Hands up if you're in a stretch right now and it's hurting like that Dutch woman's feet. It's, yeah, it's hurting bad. I tell you what, right now God's going to release the grace to enable you to maintain that stretch of obedience until that miracle comes. All right? All right, let's lift your hands to the Lord. Father, right now in Jesus' name, Oh, Jesus, Jesus, thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Oh, God, give them more, give them more, give them more, Lord. Give them grace, give them strength, Lord. God, what they didn't think they could do, Lord. Oh, God, they're going to do and more. Father, what they don't think. They can do, Lord God, you're going to equip them to do and more. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the ramps. I thank you, Lord God, they're coming up the mountain. You can't see them now. There's no proof it exists. You can't even hear it, but it's coming. It's a sign to you. It's got your name on it. It's heading your way as you maintain the stretch. There's a miracle. There's a miracle. There's a miracle in the stretch. Oh, your Red Sea is going to part. Your Red Sea is going to part. Oh, in Jesus' name. God, as you stretch, God does the rest. As you stretch, God does his best. As you stretch, God gives his best. Oh, there's a miracle. There's a miracle. There's a miracle. There's a miracle. There's a miracle in the stretch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see a great big fat ram heading in the direction of this church. There's, it's got, he's carrying money bags. There's dollar signs on him. That there is a financial need and there is a ram that's on its way. You can't see it and it's going to come unexpectedly. You didn't know that the ram would come to Mount Moriah. They don't go that way. But there is an opening up of opportunity. There is an opening up 
for this church to go to a new level of influence and it's going to break down the barriers even that have been in this city. It's going to break across barriers that have not been broken before. No other church has been there. No other church has gone there. No other church has done it. It's going to take natural resource to fulfill the vision. But I see that ram on assignment, the provision of God, the provision for the vision is heading your way. Be daring, Pastor David. I hear God saying that like Joshua, be bold and be strong. For the Lord your God is with you everywhere. The sole of your feet shall tread. It belongs to you. There's a new spiritual aggression coming upon you. It's not a natural aggression. It's a spiritual aggression to go in and possess to take a hold. I see you meeting with ones in council. I see you meeting with ones in positions of influence in the city. And I see favour coming upon you as you negotiate. Favour coming upon you as you go in and talk to these ones. And I see you becoming, as it were, like a chaplain to ones in business and in authority and in leadership. Even in the city. And Pastor Joy, I see a second wind of God's Spirit coming upon you. I see in miracles and I see in healings and signs and wonders. There's coming an acceleration and there's coming an impartation even to the people of God to train and to equip them. It's going to be faster. Where you've trained 10, it's going to be hundreds. Where it's been hundreds, it's going to be thousands. But it's going to be practical and it's going to bring even a greater expression of the power and light of God into the community. Like the lighthouse on a hill that can be seen. I see you taking baskets, baskets, baskets off people's lights so lights can shine. And that prophetic ministry, oh, I thank you, Lord God, even in partnership with Pastor Mike, that apostolic prophetic ministry, God, it's kicking in to another gear. It's kicking in to an overdrive. And where it's been hard, it's going to be easy. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand of praise. Hallelujah. Now, church, I'm here tonight, and tonight I'm going to be moving more in my personal individual ministry. This morning, my focus was on the house, a word for the church, but tonight I'll be doing more personal ministry and prophetic and stuff. So come if you can. By the way, I've got resource down there. If you want to take me home with you, you can. Go down the back. I've got CDs for every occasion. Everyone represents a level of faith, how I built a house by faith, how I got married, got married in my 40s. You know, those are, it's not a single CD, but for anyone who's been believing God for a long time. So anyway, have a look just at the door. Amen. <laughs>